And welcome to a new podcast by Stepping Into CI. Um, this is Rachel Ash. I'm here with Miriam Patrick. And this is our first time recording on a new program. A new platform. Yeah. yeah. It's so, exciting. It's exciting. And if we have some weird awkwardnesses, we're sorry. Yeah. Well, and actually, it's technically my second time because oh, I true. recorded the announcements on it. Yeah. But so this is okay. So you, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, Rachel. And actually, I don't even know if I put this into the other podcast. But now on this new platform, we can do transitions between segments. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and you'll have to forgive me because Georgia hates me and spring hates me. So I'm dying slowly. But this, I think, will create a really cool thing where we could actually address questions from listeners. Yeah. Because we can be now really cool. add in um, transitions and eventually we'll be able to add in audio. So hopefully you'll be able to send in some audio stuff and then we can actually respond to it on the air. No, we're really excited. Like this will open up a whole new aspect mm. to how we do this. Absolutely. Um, but we're also going to be learning as we go. Oh yeah. And, uh, this was fun because it took about three clicks to start recording, which right. we're not used we're to. We're used to like one click, you know, <laughs> we're like getting everybody quiet and then hitting the start and then, you know, okay. Ready and go. But this was like three clicks. And I, I, I do want to go ahead and give a shout out to my gifted course because I found this. I've done months of research. Like how many months of research have I done yeah. trying to find something like this? And my gifted course, actually someone posted it about how they use it with students. And um, I, I just like ran with it. I was like, okay, we need this. We need this now. And they did all the heavy lifting for us. All I had to do was hit submit, and now we're on everything. We're on Google, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're yeah. on Breaker, whatever that is, and we're on like six other platforms. Yeah. So if you need something where you can listen to it in your car, or, oh yeah. I mean that's and I would be honest, we've wanted this because I know that I listen to podcasts like I don't actually exercise right now, but when I used to exercise, <laughs> I would listen to your podcasts um, when I would run and stuff like that. Yeah. And and so we got that. We just didn't have a good means of doing it at the time. So, well, and it's it's not um, it's not easy if you don't have a platform that helps you through the process. Yeah. Because archive, as as awesome as it is, and by the way, all of our previous episodes are still archived on archive.org. So you can actually go and access them there if you want to. We're not going to move those. Um, no, we're, just, we're not going to move them to this as, as well. Right. Um, but they wouldn't provide an RSS feed. Right. So I had to try to figure out how to create one, but that's not easy either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and it wasn't, we couldn't add things in, but on this, I can actually add links into the description and everything like that. And it should work just fine. Uh, so this is super exciting. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in a quick warning. It's not going to happen anytime immediate, but oh, yeah, we're, we're recording during, yeah, we're recording during the day. So we're going to have a bell. Um, All right. So today's topic, we are going to uh, record as promised um, about as our, promised everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, about our topic for the Aula, um, the the um, Alabama Emma, World Language Association, you. as well as the Foreign Language Association of Georgia. Right. We presented the same topic for both, which was teaching social justice in the Latin classroom. Um, and um, both of us have been sick off and on. 
And uh, that's not our full excuse, but it is part of our excuse. I was sick for like a full week leading up to flag. And I was actually sick, so sick the day of that Miriam was like, let's just go home. You need to go home. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, every time a student walks by me, my eyes water. Yeah. Not because I'm sad, but because they bring pollen with them. And I hate (laughs) pollen. Yeah. We've been... We've both been ill a lot, but well, and but it's also so. interesting because this this has turned out to be an incredibly timely discussion. You know, it pop, yeah. it's popped up on social media quite a bit. It's been in the news, mm-hmm. um, and we had two very interesting, but also very unique discussions, both in in Alabama and in Georgia. Yeah, and it was it was, it was they were they were very different, but I think that was a good thing because yeah. it kind of let us see kind of the I don't know the different facets that this conversation can have. Um, so. I will say that we're going to post, I'm going to post a link to our presentation on, um, on the description. And it will also be, of course, on our website. I'll post a link to that as well. Um, so uh, you guys can have access to all that. Um, but yeah, so we're, I think we can skip our introduction that we did for the presentation because they know us by now. Yeah. And I think we can, skip but that. just a quick review. Um, one of the things that prompts this discussion for us and makes it maybe not prompts, but makes it really important to us is that the whole reason we do all of this is for our kids. I mean, oh, yeah. we do this for ourselves and for teachers, but really the whole thing that pushes us is our students. And we run, you know, we've kind of run into this conversation of, are we really serving our students best if we don't? practice social justice in our classrooms. Um, and I personally don't think that we are. Yeah, no, I think it. we definitely do this because we need to reflect our kids. Right. We need to reflect, make sure our classrooms are reflecting our kids. And one of the best ways to make sure you do that is to make sure that your classrooms are inclusive of your kids. Absolutely. So we started our presentation with this quote by me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, actually, but it's what I say to my parents on um, parent night. And um, what I say to them is I, I tell them, I don't want your students, your, your kids to feel welcome in my classroom. And they have to pause for dramatic effect. And then I say, I want them to know that they belong in my classroom because there's a difference, you know? Yeah. Welcome says my door's open and you're welcome to walk through it as long as you abide by my rules, as long as you do this and this and this, and you don't do this and this and this. And belong says, this is our space together. Mm-hmm. And we're going, you can be you and I can be me. And we all are welcoming of each other and inclusive of each other, of each other, but we're also allowed to be ourselves. Right. And uh, that's really important that. Absolutely. That distinction of this is our family space. Yeah, for I, sure. I mean, and that's one of the things that I talk about a lot is that I want my classroom to be a family space. I want it to be. For my sure. class to be a family. Yeah. Well, and this comes up in that book that I think we've pretty much mentioned now every podcast the last <laughs> semester. But it's but it but it really does. It's called For White Folks Who Teach in the Hood and the Rest of Y'all Too by Christopher Emden. And Ed Emden, yes, because it's, it's always it's I always want to say Edmund, but it's Emden. Um, and the conversation about how foreign our rooms are to students, because mostly because I mean we're white. For the vast majority of teachers are white. And, um, and our kids see this as a place that they're not welcome, mm-hmm. even though we say the word welcome all the time, they see it as a place where they have to act a certain, like they have to act like something and they right. can't be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and, and that all boils down now in his book, he talks particularly about the language we use with students, like how we talk to them and how we interact with them. I think for us, for our presentation, we're coming more so from a place about 
how we make our content area right more inclusive. And that's something we'll get into in a second. Yeah, and it's and I I don't think Latin teachers think about it. No. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think they think about it. And it comes from for some people, particularly those who are trying to commandeer our content, it comes from this place of quote unquote Western white European civilization. Right. I mean, we don't have to even mince words there. We know that the alt right has tried to com- Absolutely. commandeer. Yeah. And, and and if you're not sure who the alt-right are, they are white supremacists. Yeah. They've renamed themselves the alt-right because white supremacy is, you know, no, no. Right. So if so, they can name it something else, then. Yeah, they'll name it something else. But yeah. they're white But that's even more so the reason why we have to, because, and, and, and to, to none of our faults because we weren't alive then. But there's a reason that they see it that way. Uh-huh. There's a reason they say, there's a reason that white supremacists look at, man, I wish we had put this in our presentation. I mean, we're now talking off the cuff. We're just kind of yeah. off the cuff here. But I mean, there's a reason that white supremacists look at the classics and say, this is ours. Oh. We can take this and well, we I mean, can use this. Nazi Germany commandeered the classics as Absolutely. the the source of of where um everything came from too. Mm-hmm. It's there's a reason why they were going that direction as well so you know we're coming from a serious place <laughs> yeah all that to say so um, um we can't do the task with you all mm-hmm. we can't um oh wait i'm gonna let you, I'm gonna okay. let you do your thing so equal representation i actually don't have my quote on hand right now <gasps> i know i'm sorry um but uh equal representation everyone has a right to see themselves in our classrooms and the content of our classes and that's a slide that Miriam put in and for me that connects to this quote by um Adrian Rich and I am going to butcher the quote because I don't have it word for word in front of me we can remember the gist but (laughs) um it's because I'm not ready to present this is the kind Uh, of quote you put into a paper and go do I need to cite that or do I just put that in my references? Yeah, because, um, <laughs> and I cited it, but um, this is just, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's just this quote that mm-hmm. like, um, when someone with the authority of say a teacher um, describes the world and you're not in it, there is a disconnect. Um, oh, shoot. No, but I think, I mean, that's a really good, I mean, that's, that's, that's the beginning. And that's actually, I think word for word, the beginning of the quote, Yeah, there's a disconnect, a psychological, um, oh, shoot, I can't remember it word for word from there, but that's basically okay. the idea is that when someone who, who is supposed to know everything describes the world and you're not in it, then there is this, this, this. It's almost, as if she does say, as if you looked in the mirror and you were not in it. Yeah, it's almost and that's like the end a of violent the erasure of yourself. Of a, yeah, of self and and yeah. and so this this is something we do to our kids mm-hmm. often, especially. Um, it's not just limited to Latin classes. It's, I mean, it's in history classes. It's in math classes. It's in other language science classes. classes. Oh yeah, yeah. The Eurocentric traditions. Are Absolutely. There. No, and the example, the example we gave um, in uh, in flag was the Afro Caribbean mm-hmm. um, culture, which is they speak Spanish, they're of Afro Caribbean heritage, and they're quite often actively excluded from mm-hmm. conversation. Because of any number of reasons. One of the the web 
um, one of the, the web trainings I, I attended for social justice, um, the social social and critical justice um, <clears throat> SIG, uh, SIG from ACTFL mm-hmm. um, that they offered. They talked a lot about um, a lot of the French-speaking countries oh, yeah. that tend to be erased from oh, yeah. representation. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, it's super important. So, and that actually leads pretty perfectly into we can't do the entire thing. Yeah. But, so I want you all, I mean, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But, I mean, <laughs> now that now that you can listen to us in the car, don't close your eyes if you're driving. But if I ask you to imagine that you are sitting in a theater and you're watching, um, uh, oh, Swan Lake. I was like, Sleeping Beauty, but it's not Sleeping Beauty. Swan well, Lake. there is a Sleeping Beauty. There is, there is. But you're watching Swan Lake being performed on the stage. And it is, um, you know, Giselle is on stage and she's dancing, right? What do you imagine? And you can't answer. But I'm guessing that you're imagining a tall ballerina in a beautiful dress, probably with blonde hair, right? So the example that we gave in our session was that of Misty Copeland, who has danced. Oh, she's an amazing dancer. But she is the first African-American prima ballerina for any of the three major dance companies. Why is it that when we think ballerina, we don't think African-American woman? or African woman, or Asian woman, Chinese woman, or uh, Korean woman, or any, or Aboriginal woman. Why don't we think of any of those things? Why do we only think of your typical Russian? And granted, yes, okay, fine. Ballet has its origins in Russia. Woohoo. But (laughs) that's not how things are now. Right. And we need to do respect for that. So what really plays into our, the, I mean, honestly, our unconscious bias is, the way that we view things and whether it's on purpose or not as teachers we run a very high risk of leaving out information and misrepresenting information mm-hmm. and that is incredibly dangerous to right. students and their well-being um so that's kind of what we're coming like kind of part of where we're coming from is that there's lots of reasons that we do this one to represent the world in an accurate way Two, for the well-being of our students. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other things, too. But, I mean, those are, I guess, my, maybe my two main convictions right. or something. No, I think that, you know, we tend to to only offer glimpses of, of Roman society. Yeah. And those well, glimpses are, are very controlled, mm-hmm. uh, partially because of the canon. Uh, well, and partially um, because we have, what, 180 days? Right. 280, what is it, 180 days? 180 no. days. 180 days. Yeah. I mean, it's not like and we can fit the entire hours, let's be honest. Jeez. Let, I mean, it's not like we can, yeah, we can't really fit in all of Rome. So, I mean, yeah. so it speaks to what you're talking about, right? But it also, at the same time, is a call to right. be more intentional yeah. and to do things well. That's the thing is that, so we do that. I was going to say, we, there's, oh, the, there's the interruption we were talking about. You know about. what? I'm just going to, we're going to play some music the next time this bell happens. We're just going to have a little transition. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is uh, we, we, I understand why we have this. I mean, we understand, and we're going to talk about that in a second, that the voices that we have from Rome, a lot of times, those are the, the voices yeah. of the conquerors and they're the voices of the wealthy men. Mm-hmm. 
But but we can make some choices ourselves as teachers. You know, I'm going to suggest that we actually go to that. Let's go to that and let's talk about our canon and our voices. And then let's go back and talk about what this looks like on a realistic level. Okay. So, because I think since we're working with audio only, yeah, it might be better this way. We don't have much visual. So if we talk about that, yeah, the voices we have are, are elite voices. They are the wealthy, educated men, mm-hmm. you know, so... So, yeah, so, I mean, if we look at the canon, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, like you were saying, wealthy, educated men who have a very particular boy, voice, right? They they are mostly writing with a very particular purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. And as awesome as that is, as wonderful as those voices are. And don't get us wrong. We love a lot of those voices. I, I love I've parts of the canon. Often, <laughs> I have often said, well, and he's not part of the canon, actually, but I've often said that Pliny the Elder is my true love. Well, but he's, I mean, he is a rich elite. Male voice. But that, I was going to say, yeah. but he's still a rich elite male voice. Yeah, he, I mean, he's I mean, not that's, the canon, that's why he's he writing. That's why he's, but, that's, I can speak English. <laughs> that's why he writes the book that he writes because he has the freedom and the time to do right. so, right? Um, but yeah, no, and, and I the love. slaves to read it to him so he can write. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but on that, and I'm just going to go ahead and bring this up. Mm-hmm. We are often accused of throwing the cannon out with the bathwater. Yeah. And this being the cannon of the baby. Yeah, no, us personally. And I'm, I know that I've been quoted and I, you got no problem quoting me on this with saying, screw the cannon. <laughs> I've said that I've said it on this podcast. I've said it in presentations. What I mean by that is we should not be bound by the cannon, mm-hmm. right? I love parts of the cannon. Okay. Ovid love Ovid. Okay. Catullus love me some Catullus Marshall. Marshall's a great poet. You just taught some Livy. I did. I just taught some Livy. I've taught some Seneca. I've, I, I love the canon. And honestly, the canon is the first place I look. But I'm not going to be bound by it. Mm-hmm. And if you are bound by it, then screw the canon. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel uh, like it's tying you down. <laughs> that's better. The free, maybe the better phrasing. Instead of if you are bound, if you feel like it's tying you down, if it's limiting you. Yeah, no, I don't mean bound. Like, you know, you've got someone standing over you going, you need to teach the canon. If, if, if you got to teach the canon, you got to teach the canon, right? We all have things that we have to do. But if you feel like, if you feel like you are being bound by the canon, the yeah. canon itself, yeah. right? I promise Caesar's not going to come back from the dead and, and shake his finger at you. I promise. If he does, that's amazing. I know. And I'd like to hear about it. Call us. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, so the other thing, the other big piece of this whole thing is the whitewashing and the piece yeah. that we, and that ties into the alt-right situation. It really does. It really does. This, there's this whole thing and it's a joke. I mean, it's a joke, but it's true. Rome wasn't full of old white British dudes. Oh gosh. They're, they weren't all British? No. They didn't speak English either. What? No. And they weren't all white. They weren't all balding and they weren't all, you know, old. Um, but I mean, and that's a joke. Like we make that joke and, and it's, it's a loving joke because a lot of work has been done in England on the history they, of Rome yes. and they've put forth and some really awesome I materials. I love I Claudius, by the way. I've never seen it and don't hate on me. No hate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they've put, they've actually put forth, but, but that becomes the joke. I mean, but because Rome wasn't. Rome wasn't, wasn't all white. Um, and we also have something that plays against us, statues. Yeah, that's weirdly used by the alt, right? <laughs> it as, is. Like, examples of how white Rome was. And you're really using statuary as, right? your, as your proof. But it's but it's but but it happens, and it's subconscious. Even our students do it. 
when you see a white statue, nobody looks at that statue for the most part and goes, I wonder if that person is from X country. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. An assumption is made. And our students make that assumption as well. What's the next one on here? Um, oh, you should do that one. The, that, this one. Okay. So colonization is something that we don't talk a lot about. Um, I mean, we do, but we cover, it tends to be glorified. And um, some textbooks are worse about this than others, but they talk about romanization. Those bells. There it is. Those bells are beautiful. I'm telling you, you know what? The next one rings in six minutes. We're okay. going to take care of this. All right. So romanization and colonization. So that. There's a tendency to glorify Romanization and talk about it as this wonderful thing that Rome would go in and they would sort of like make places better and they would bring their technology. And that's definitely how the Romans viewed it. For sure. Like, I mean, they viewed it as, look, we come in and as long as you accept us, we're going to make you better. Well, and there was even there was even an aspect of. Look at how similar we are. Oh, no. And, they, you could, and you okay. could come along with us. And, I, and, and I'm going to tell you <laughs> that in terms of conquering. And I have this cultural relativism capabilities. I'm really good at this. So I can I can look at a culture and be like, well, I mean, that's how the culture views it. And so I'm cool with this and cool with being able to do this. So in terms of being able to, the Romans would definitely be able to, like, they saw it as, you know, they're coming in. And in terms of, like, conquering people, they were pretty decent conquerors as far as conquerors go but they were still conquerors and they were still colonizing yeah they were still telling people that they were better and that they needed to be like them and the thing is is not everybody is okay with that right and something that's really important to know and something that our personal students some of many of them actually are actually living with on a personal level oh yeah is colonization we have kids whose families or who have personally lived with colonization and are who dealing have with been refugees who have fled, right. who have, I mean, like, like so, colonization, like scoffing or just being like, well, no, colonization's good. Romans just made them better. They have actually dealt with that mm-hmm. and dealing with it like that literally minimizes the experiences of those kids. Absolutely. It's, you know, and, and I, I shared this at flag, but I'm going to share it again. Cause I know I didn't share it at Aula. I was tutoring for a soccer team down in Atlanta called the Fugees. And they're a team made up of for the most part, African and Middle Eastern refugees. And I was tutoring them, tutoring this kid in English and he was reading the most dangerous game. Is that the one? Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with that, it's um, a story about a guy who ends up on an island through a, a shipwreck, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he comes across this guy who's seemingly very nice, really rich, wealthy, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, I'll give you like a 10 minute head start. And the guy's like, what? And it turns out that he's hunting him. Right. So the whole story is about how he's going to you know, survive this or whatever. Um, so I'm explaining this to a student and the, the guy, the kid looks at me and he says, He's trying to figure out what one of these traps is. And it's the one where you, it's covered with leaves, you fall down and your foot gets caught and you get pulled up, right? And he says, he's like, so it's kind of like a landmine, like buried under, you can't see it until you step on it. I had no, I mean, I had no clue what to say to this kid. I've never experienced that. And I highly doubt that this kid's literature teacher 
had even thought that this is a memory that would come up for the student. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. Right. That's the world that we Kids live in. Kids who have actually lived with having to worry about walking around landmines. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the thing is that lack of sensitivity about that, telling the story from the point of view purely of the colonizers. Right. Is a problem. For so many reasons. Yeah. Um, Another, what's else on our list? We already Um, talked about those voices. Oh, women. Let's take a minute, a women. Let's take a women and talk about a minute. Let's take a minute and talk about women. So the treatment of women is, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know what to call it. Absent. For most of our curriculum, it's absent. If you look at most textbooks, and I'm not going to name well, any, it's but it's light at the very it's, least. Exactly. It's, it's, it's playful. It's and... absent or it's light or it's um, delicate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's the right word, but it's like women do very few things. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's um, it makes light of them is a better phrase. Yeah, that's a good that's a good phrasing um, a lot. And and you can really see this. I mean, and and this is true of the way the ancients treated women too. Right. Look at the. Mm, you can't see my air quotes and my cynical face, but hysteria. Right. An actual medical. That was two minutes early. I can't do it. Can't do it, Rachel. I'm sorry. With these bells. I'll get it next time, folks. I'll um, learn it someday. The the actual diagnosis, quote unquote, of hysteria was a real diagnosis until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And this idea of a moving uterus, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's one of my favorite concepts. I learned about it in college when we were studying witchcraft, like the, the witch hunt. Oh, I had yeah. a class on that. And it's, you know, that was one of the things that like we studied was was medical history as because the idea of woman as other was part of what yeah. led to the witch hunt. Well, and, so. and women, I mean, even now to this day, women are treated differently by doctors. Uh-huh. And it, I mean, we've both experienced it. I know kids have experienced well, it. Well, even when we would bring it up in, in our um, presentations, women were able to say, Absolutely. oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I've talked about this actually in our, in a couple of our podcasts when we've talked about like health mm-hmm. yep. and stuff that. I mean, up until when I finally found doctors that would work with me, up until five years ago, I even went to a doctor and I said, I'm having trouble with migraines. And mm-hmm. one, of the, my doc, one of the doctors I went to said, a lot of women say that. Yep. And who says that now? I was, I mean, <laughs> I know? was, I went to a doctor with chest pain and this doctor was a woman too. But from what I understand, women doctors are just as bad at it as male doctors. They put me on... Um, Zoloft, which it turns out I'm actually allergic to. And I lost almost, I mean, I was unable to function. I was unable to complete a sentence. And it turns out I had asthma. The reason yeah. my chest hurt was I had asthma. Just that it was all in my head, yeah. you know? So the last thing on this list, and we're totally going over the 30 minute mark today. So if you were hoping that we'd meet it, we're not gonna. But I think we knew that going in because this was we originally an hour long presentation. Yeah, there's no so. way we can get this in the 30 minutes. <laughs> The last thing is proto-racism, which I am going to be not, I'm not going to lie, I have a bias for because it was my thesis. Um, so the other thing that we need to consider is, um, and this kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with the discussion of slavery. 
particularly in the United States, we have a very specific view of what racism is. And in contemporary racism, it says, you look different than me, ergo, you have these stereotypes and I'm better than you, right? And that's a very vague generalization, right? Um, Ancient world proto-racism says, I'm from this area and you're from that area. You look different than me because your geography is all wrong. And you have these stereotypes because the wind's too cold or the water's too hot or the wind doesn't blow the right way or you're too close to the sun. So it's all about geography. And actually the differences in physical appearance are based on that geography. It's why, you know, the Ethiopians are described as having burnt skin and the, was it, is it the Germans the are Germans. described as like icy bearded blonde whatevers. <laughs> Also endearingly dumb. Endearingly? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, but exactly. So there's so there's that. And here's the other thing. I said it at Ella, I said it at Flag, and I said it on Facebook. By the way, we don't think that that was literally part of the proto-racist view. Yeah, no, that's literally part of the proto-racist I, view. We should specify I just, that. I, I, felt like I said that, and then I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't think that that's Don't think. have a slave day. Oh my God! Don't I don't understand why this is still a conversation. <laughs> Please don't. Don't don't have your don't auction your students off. No. Don't have your students be masters of each other. Don't have no. Just don't do this, it. This conversation came up um, at our thing because we were talking about how there have been some places that were still doing it, um, but that that had mostly died off as a practice. I mean, we still. Um, there were there were some play that had been a practice as like a a playful representation of Roman practices to raise money um, in lots of places, but when people realized that that had been had potential for horrible offense, mm-hmm. um, luckily, right, a stop had been made to it. Um, I know that Georgia has not been doing it for a while now. That's good. I'm going to pause you mm-hmm. because we're recording on a computer, and that means we have to switch to a new a new recording. And we're back. Okay, we're back. All right. <laughs> so interesting. So yeah, it's actually if we rec- if we recorded in the app, we could keep recording. But since we're on the computer, we can only record in 30 minute segments. So I so. mean, this was an old practice that. People just hadn't become aware of. I thought you were talking about recording. You're talking about no, no, no. Sorry, this still. I'm just going back on topic. <laughs> All right, straight back to topic. So it is important to recognize that the Romans had slaves, and it is important not to skirt around the top t- term. Yeah, I don't let students use the word servant because I emphasize that Servus these were owned slave. people. The, they were owned. They didn't. The Romans had life or death rights to these people. Yeah, and yes, there was a law in place that said you can't kill your slave without reason. But that reason can be. I was going to say the reason is up for grabs. Right, I mean, and so all you have to do is say, "Oh yes, I caught him stealing my money," or she, her. And then you can kill them. So that's like a little loose. Right, right. Um, well, and, and it's so, really important not to mince words about it. Because right. if you do that, you're erasing our own American right, history. Right, exactly. So you're sort of like, you're. it's it's uncomfortable. It's supposed to be. There's not supposed but to be anything comfortable about right, it. Right, but that's okay that it's uncomfortable. Let it be uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and as teachers, especially since we're the ones with the power, it's our jobs to be uncomfortable at some point. 
yeah, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's okay to be like, look, sometimes the Romans weren't perfect. Yep. They had practices that weren't okay. Yeah. They were ancient. We have to face things that aren't perfect. Sometimes Americans aren't perfect what? too. So it's okay. And we have to sort of be willing to admit these things, I think, for for movement forward in all ways. Well, yeah, and we can't we can't keep putting people up on a pedestal, whether it's a whole group of people or specific people. Because I mean, that's also where part of this this uh, commandeering from white supremacy comes in. Yeah. If the Romans were so good, then slavery couldn't have been that bad, right? Right. And, it, so, and it, there's nothing, I'm sorry, there's no good argument for slavery. Right. There isn't. So that's why we have, to, but we have to be willing to face it. And, and we, we have, have to, to be, be willing, willing to say, to say that it happened, it was bad, and the Romans did it. Done. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So now we actually have some practical suggestions for you. Um, you know, if you're driving, get out that notepad and a, a writing utensil and just drive with your knee. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's a bad I, suggestion. I may have sometimes written essays while driving long distance, like as a in the last <laughs> year or two. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Don't tell me that. So the my first, son was sleeping. He didn't get to see me. Oh, that makes him. it better. Yeah. So he never saw me do it. So that, he doesn't, oh he gosh. won't do it. It'll be fine. That's what Wes says about driving fast around <laughs> corners. If I'm asleep, he can do it. Um, so the first practical suggestion is that you should really be careful about the imagery that you choose to um, portray in your classroom. You should be purposeful, intentional, and careful about the artwork that you choose. So my practical suggestions include Considering alternatives to the classical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mid- Thank you. Renaissance medieval artwork. I mean, it's okay to use that. Just maybe think about using other stuff as well. Yeah. The first one and the first example, and it's not on here, but go back to the go back to the vase paintings, not statues, but vase paintings. We've vase painting. Yeah. Vase mm-hmm. paintings. I'm so sorry. If you smart. want to, you could say vase. I could, it would probably make it easier for me to say actually. Um, <laughs> but we were looking at that and one of my students was asking why I had chosen so many different images that showed a character looking differently. And we went back and looked at the, the a Greek vase painting and she has black curly hair. Mm-hmm. There's nothing straight about it. It's prosopina. Yeah. And it's, it's pulled back and it's pulled, you know, so I mean, use some of that. But what I also suggest is using modern interpretations in amateur art because they are not bound by any rules or restrictions. They create purely for the it's, joy of creating. It's really fun because they really do like to create in their own images. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, I mean, let their imagination go wild. Yeah, and and the style is is can be incredibly unique and and pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, abstract art. Don't be afraid to use abstract art. I love abstract art. Um, and often, I mean, even you could even. I know that a lot of us like the comic strip and like the draw one two three, but consider giving your students the option to create abstract art because mm-hmm. you can tell a lot more about abstract art sometimes than you can you know visit like. Um, Realistic. Thank you. Whatever. I can speak. Photography. Consider that maybe from plays. Don't do movies. Because again, we go back to the Eh, the whitewashing, right? Yeah. Um, But particularly European um, and Asian interpretations. um, And I'll be honest, I haven't seen any from the African continent, but Australian ones are pretty good too. Um, Interpretations of Shakespeare plays. 
Mm-hmm. You tend to find a lot more multiculturalism in the actors than you do in American renditions. Yeah. Which I've noticed. Um, so look for those um, and even consider art from other cultures. So many of the, the gods and goddesses from ancient Rome, which we'll talk about when we get to the section on how we this looks in our classes, come from other cultures. Yeah. So why wouldn't we look at other cultures? Yeah. We don't have to get stuck on one set. Exactly. All right. I'm going to turn this because it's a little small for me to see. <laughs> All right. So um, the next practical suggestion we have is to modify the message. So let's say you're a textbook because many of you guys are bound by textbook. We happen to be super lucky, but not everybody is. So let's say your textbook says um, Romans were kind colonizers and brought improvements to everyone that they colonized. You can create a conversation in your classroom. Ask questions like, is there such a thing as a kind colonizer? What constitutes improvement? Who decides what improvements are? And then whether or not your students agree or disagree with colonizing, being kind, etc., what your students are really learning from this conversation, whichever side they come down on, is that it's okay to question a textbook. And that you question a textbook. Right. So no matter what they end up with as an end to this conversation, mm-hmm. the important conversation really is questioning is good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're going to move on to practical suggestion three. We're actually closing in on the end of what time we have yeah, because so. class change is about to happen. Yeah. Um, so practical suggestion three is really it doesn't need to take more than five minutes. And actually, we have this on the Stepping Into CI website. Contemporary news items. These are things that are affecting our students every single day. And there are so many things that we can pull from. It doesn't take more than five minutes. Um, you, I'm not changing my curriculum because of it. I'm taking a moment to acknowledge what our students are going through. So you can talk about the local Lantern Festival. You can talk about a recent terrorist attack. You can talk about women standing up for women's rights in India. And you can talk about the natural disaster that is a hurricane or an earthquake or a volcano. Recent cyclone Exactly. Exactly. And fourth suggestion. Um, Just look at what's already available around you and look at the inclusive version of it. Absolutely. My example that I gave in the thing was all of the different superheroes and the inclusive versions of them. We've got Oracle, who is disabled. Um, We've got Miles Morales, who is a Spider-Man, but he's not the white Peter Parker version of Spider-Man. Instead, he's Afro-Latino. We've got Lady Thor, and I don't actually follow her, so I don't know as much about her. But she's a lady. Yes, we've got Kamala (laughs) Khan, who is our first Muslim superhero. She is Miss Marvel. Um, Aqualad? We have Aqualad. Who, when they did the reboot of Young Justice, they instead of doing a white aqua lab, they did a black aqua lab. Yeah. So, so the last thing I think we want to just kind of quickly close on, and I'm going to say we got to do this in a sentence or less because we're we're yeah, we yeah, do yeah. this. Okay. So we did. We gave some quick examples of how this looks in our classroom. Latin one. Okay. So um, Apollo. Um, everyone knows Dionysus. Well, many people know Dionysus is actually from the east. Um, uh, eastern side of the Mediterranean, but not everybody knows that Apollo actually originates um, from like the area of Turkey, etc. So he's actually he's actually Hittite. Um, you mean the Greeks and Romans weren't original in this? 
They were not. <laughs> so he actually comes from the Turkey area as well. He's probably Trojan in origin. Mm. So you can also sort of display him instead of displaying him as, as all white with golden I was hair. Say with golden blonde hair, right? Yeah. You could actually display him and talk about his origins as well as being more Trojan in origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin too, when we did Hannibal, I made a conscious decision to portray Hannibal as a black man. And um, we can go back and forth on this, but I've done the research, okay? Um, <laughs> and I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, so making a conscious decision to, to display your, 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 the historical characters you're talking about accurately, um, is, is a great way to do this as well. All right. Uh, when we did in Latin three, we did the, uh, we did historical role play game where the kids got to be historical characters. Uh, one of the characters was Cleopatra and I made sure to try to take a back her history a little bit so it says she was of her just being this random seductress right who that's all her characterization basically was thanks to the romans not being able to deal with powerful women we talked a lot about how she was really intelligent knew lots of languages one that was one of the first women or first of not first women sorry first of her line to bother to learn the local language right. and try to work for the people um but we also talked about how her she was trying to keep the Romans from being colonizers, mm-hmm. and yet she was from a line of colonizers a herself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a lot of levels to her, but also trying to take back her strength as a woman. Um, and lastly, in Latin four, and we're still kind of working through this. My kids wanted to do rebellions. We read about Lucretia and Boudica, and I didn't mince terms. Okay, I we purposefully did not read about the revolution to bring down the monarchy itself. We read about what happened to Lucretia. The rape, and we use that word, mm-hmm. not mincing words, and presenting what happened um, in in this way is really important to the students. So, you know, we've got like two minutes before the bell rings. Um, I hope that we've answered all the questions that have kind of popped up over the past couple weeks. Um, at least. I'm really excited that this has sparked so much discussion everywhere. Um, and I would, uh, I don't normally do this, but. Um, this is a super important topic, and I've been asked repeatedly when we're going to post the link to it. So please consider sharing this because they're asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> if we didn't answer your questions, um, shoot us a message on Twitter, hashtag stepping into CI, or shoot us um, an email or contact us on Twitter or any social media that platforms that we're on, and we'll go ahead and try to address those in our next session. Yes. So thank you all, um, and I hope you enjoy the new platform and listening wherever you're listening. Thank you. Thanks. You've reached the end of another episode of the Stepping into CI podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're on Apple, please consider giving us a rating of five. All episodes are brought to you by the team of Pomegranate Beginnings Publishing, Rachel Ash, Miriam Patrick, and Robert Patrick. Connect with us at steppingintoci.com. Follow us on Twitter at pbpmalogranatum, and join us on Facebook at Pomegranate Beginnings Publishing. All of our audio is edited and published by Miriam Patrick at anchor.fm, which works to democratize radio and remove all barriers to podcasting. 
Our intro and exit music is Egyptian Ella performed by the wonderful Underscore Orchestra. See you next time and have fun stepping into CI.